Welcome! It is time to grab a seat, buckle up, and take a ride with me through the wild, wild west of the Web3 universe, where we will learn all about coins and tokens, NFTs and contracts, digital real estate and the metaverse, and so much more. There will be a lot to get through on the block, but I'm here to help you pave the way and avoid those nasty pitfalls and rug pulls so you don't get hurt. I will introduce you to interesting characters and concepts as we go about this journey. Welcome aboard. Your ride starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another episode of Dr. Brooke on the Block. I am your host, The Cryptopractor, bringing to you today the concept of staking. Now, you may or may not have heard of that word before, but staking is actually a thing that is shifting the whole entire financial market on its head. Because the yields that people can return or get back for staking are way higher than the traditional banking system can do. So just to give you a little summary of what we were talking about is staking and the concept of controlling your assets. So that's the second part of today's episode, staking and in control of your assets or taking control of your assets with cryptocurrency. If you haven't caught any of the previous episodes of what is blockchain, how is the technology disrupting the current space, crypto, uh, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and really learning how to set up your crypto accounts, go make sure you go back and check out those episodes. If you're watching here on YouTube, the videos are here in the playlist. If you are on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast platforms you listen to, all previous episodes should be listed. So be sure to go check those out just so you have a good, deeper understanding of things. So staking. Think of staking as the interest that you earn on a savings account. So you tuck money away into your traditional bank account and you earn rewards for that money sitting there. This is no different, except the biggest difference is when the assets are pulled from a centralized exchange, let me define that for you really briefly. So you purchase cryptocurrencies on a centralized exchange, or you start a wallet like MetaMask or the crypto.com DeFi wallet or an AirGap wallet for the Tezos uh, blockchain. There's wallets for, for every chain. XRP has their own wallet and so forth. We're not gonna get into wallets, the different types of wallets at this point in time, but understand, so you purchase crypto from a centralized exchange. A centralized exchange could be Coinbase, could be companies like Webull. I am hesitant to say Robinhood because yes, you can purchase some cryptos on Robinhood, but as far as transacting with those cryptos, I don't know that there's a lot of utility or that you can move them around other than having them sit in your portfolio and you're watching it either go up or down. And really all you're doing is buying or selling. So we're not going to go with the Robin Hoods of the world, but we're going to look at more like a Coinbase or a Webull, a Crypto.com, which is a personal favorite of mine, if you haven't already noticed. Um, those are places that you purchase coins from. 
that you can purchase cryptocurrencies. What I love about crypto.com is that you can purchase coins that are gaining some momentum, but haven't quite gained full market adoption yet. Of course, you could get Bitcoin and Ethereum, but you can't get smaller new projects that are coming to market on a Coinbase like you can with a crypto.com. So just keep that in mind when you're making your purchase. So you make your purchase and you, you get the funds into your exchange. Once you receive those, those coins in your account, that's part of the centralized exchange still. From that point on, you would then transfer into your DeFi wallet. Now, don't get me wrong. You can purchase tokens from your DeFi wallet as well if there's different D like D apps, decentralized apps running on those platforms, you can purchase coins. But for the ease and the explanation of this, let's just act as though you are purchasing from a centralized exchange, like a big hub of Costco. You go into Costco and you're purchasing different coins. Costco is there. You're not having to go to a small mom and pop, you know, like Bitcoin seller on the side of the street. You just get everything at Costco. So you get all this in at the centralized exchange and you're transferring into a DeFi wallet. When you transfer to a DeFi wallet, technically that's like pulling money out of your ATM account. For traditional financing, when you take cash out of your ATM or out of your bank account and you put it into your wallet, what kind of yields are you getting? You're not getting much of any kind of yield at that point, right? All the percentage that you get returned back to you for holding your money in those savings accounts is done by the bank. So the longer you keep your money in those accounts, the better, well, I also say that very loosely, the, like you get returns, not the better returns because a lot of these interest rates are 0.0052, you know, such a fractional small amount of money back to keep that money in the savings account. So unless it's outdoing the current inflation point, which is above 6% currently, then really, are you really truly making money with your money that you're storing in a bank account? Or are you losing out? Something to really consider. So you purchase your coins from the central exchange and now you've moved them into a DeFi wallet to a decentralized finance wallet. Some of these wallet, like I mentioned earlier, crypto.com has their own DeFi wallet. There's a MetaMask wallet. There's a um, XM wallet, which is the XRP wallets. There's AirGap wallets. There's all sorts of different wallets out in the marketplace. You move your assets into that wallet. You stake your coins, meaning now you're putting them up for some sort of yield. You're saying, hey, I'm going to quote unquote, lock these up for a time period and I'm going to get a certain percentage back based on what's agreed. Now, any of these percentages can range upwards from 2% all the way to like 250%. Now, some of you might be asking, what in the world, 250%, like how is that even possible? Like how am I, how am I returning double the coin that I initially put in? Because it's part of the trading pairing that the liquidity provider 
has agreed upon. So you're basically locking up your coin to, to help sustain the, the ecosystem of another coin. So you're putting up your coin as collateral to keep the other ecosystem going. The liquidity provider has a knowledge base or an understanding that, hey, this ecosystem that is, is being built up is going to far exceed the 250% increase. And those increases, those ROIs might go up to like 14,000%. I know it sounds crazy. I know it absolutely sounds crazy, but the amount of gain gaining potential with cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, the web three world with investing far out, out uh, exceeds what you can earn with traditional, uh, traditional finance. Now, of course, the stock market can give gains, you know, in upwards of 800% and different things. But if it is a well-established entity, let's use Walmart as an example, the gains on a publicly traded stock for Walmart is maybe going to move up like at most or at, I don't want to throw blanket statements out, but it's going to be very incremental growth. You're going to go 0.26% increase maybe every single day, maybe it'll drop down 1%, maybe go up 2%, you kind of fluctuate and over time it grows a certain amount ROI. But with cryptocurrencies, you could, like I said, you can earn upwards from 2% all the way to 250 and some are way beyond that because you're using your assets as collateral for another project for those trading pairs and you're allowing the liquidity provider to essentially triple 10x do all their stuff what they do and you get a percentage back on that so you're saying hey here's my assets let me let you borrow my house let me let you live in my house for a couple days you're gonna pay me you know two-thirds of what the rent would have costed me for the entire month and now I'm able to stay here for another you know 28 days with essentially my rent covered. I hope that analogy really landed for you. So this concept of staking, the gains, the ability to gain as much of the percentage that I said and upwards even higher, depending on what DEX, DEX, D-E-X, decentralized exchange you are utilizing and what trading pairs you have going on, you have the ability to gain so much more assets through these decks. Okay, let's circle back. I mentioned when you purchase on a centralized exchange, like a crypto.com, a Coinbase, a Weeble, you know, uh, what's Moomoo. Uh, eToro, all of these are Gemini. Gemini is another platform. I'm a Gemini, by the way. <laughs> um, I don't use their platform, but I'm I'm a Gemini. I when you're purchasing coins on these exchanges and then transferring them into your wallet, so you can interact with the decentralized apps, so you can interact with the different uh, ecosystems that exist, because it goes way beyond, way beyond just looking at a portfolio 
looking at a red and green or green and red, you know, ticker, ticker symbols or, or candles. It goes way beyond that. This space is so bursting with opportunity. It's unbelievable. And I am only scratching the surface personally myself. And I even feel like I'm deep in the woods. So understand that educating yourself around this concept can really, really change your world and change your life. Okay, let's bring it back. You purchase your coin on the centralized exchange. You then transfer that into your wallet. When you transfer into your wallet, you are the owner of that asset. No longer is crypto.com the owner of that asset. No longer is Webull or Gemini or all of the other ones that I listed out. They are no longer the owners of those assets. You are. I mentioned this before in episode four. If you lose your private keys, Think about losing your the keys to the your safe deposit box. Of course, the bank can help you get that. So that's probably a bad analogy. But think about losing. Hmm. I, I'm struggling at coming up with an, an analogy for this to, to really have it hit home. But think about losing the keys to your own private bank. Your bank vault is locked up. It's ready to go. You go on a sand dune, um, sand buggy trip and you're running through the sand dunes and you lose your keys to the bank vault. There is no other access way into that. So when you get these private keys, when you set up these wallets, when you say, I am going to be in control of my assets, I'm not going to allow the exchange to be in control of my assets. I'm going to move it all to a DEX, to a decentralized exchange or to a DeFi wallet. And I'm going to be in control of that. If you lose that private key, it's goners for you. This is why it's so vitally important, not just about rug pulls and doing your own research and not having you know people come in and say they're doing something and maybe scam you out of $50. Like imagine the assets that you have in here in that Dex, in that wallet, and you lose those keys. How devastating. Out of 19 million Bitcoin that is already mined, there's a large percentage, a pretty decent percentage of, of that Bitcoin that is lost, that are sitting in wallets that cannot be accessed. How crazy, how crazy, 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 because we've gotten so accustomed to, you know, Facebook helping us re-log into our accounts when we get logged out or Google having a recovery, you know, uh, system that allows us to get through or a two-factor authentication to help us get our assets if we need to. There's a good and obviously a bad side, and it's not a bad side necessarily if you do take the proper methods to protecting your assets. Taking proper methods to protecting your assets is not taking a screenshot of your security phrase, which is anywhere between 12 to 24 uh, words, like all strung together that you have to either A, memorize, or B, write down on a piece of paper that 
no one can find. Maybe you put it in a safe deposit box at a bank. You do something with it that it does not have the potential to get lost long-term. This is the wave of the future, you guys. This is the wave of the future. It is going to come down to, you know, years from now where, you know, maybe trust accounts are set up for kids or for family members down the line. And, you know, it's like, oh, so-and-so can access or can have this, you know, cryptocurrency or so-and-so can have this cryptocurrency and the transfer is going to be able to be done automatically, right? Not necessarily maybe, you know, but forward thinking there may not even need to be attorneys. Maybe a smart contract gets written that allows that that person, myself, to transfer my assets upon my death to my daughter. But she would need to access my private keys in order for that transfer to happen. So things to keep in mind. But that is for an entirely different episode. But I just want to get your wheel spinning, right? We are navigating the wild, wild west of Web3 together. And that's the beautiful thing, because if you are listening to this right now, if you are like taking things that I'm saying and looking to like learn and develop and get better and understanding this and not just taking things at face value, although I can tell you I am a trustworthy source, but you don't have to take things at trust value. You don't have to take them at what I say. You can take what I'm sharing with you today, and then you can research it. Because the beauty of this this entire system, this entire blockchain technology, it is bringing ownership back to us. So on that note, if this is something that you would like to continue learning and and knowing about and, and growing with, there's links down in the video, links down in the show notes if you're listening to this on podcast platforms that will take you to a Patreon account. Join the community. Join us as we learn and we grow and we develop together. I will be sharing with you exclusive content there. I'll be introducing you to a lot of people in this space and really helping you grow and evolve in your conviction around investing in this. Because it's not about someone telling you to do something but it's about you knowingly doing something because you have conviction and knowledge in your heart about it. At the time of this recording, I have not yet spoke at the San Diego NFT convention that is happening on April 9th and 10th here in downtown San Diego. If you are interested in joining me or attending that, I will also send a link to the event in the show notes and the notes section below. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, please consider subscribing, commenting, and leaving a thumbs up for me as it helps get more videos and more content across the internet space into more hands, into more hearts, and into more heads as we blow this blockchain thing up entirely. We're coming to the end of our our ride together today. I thank you so much for being here and look forward to seeing you on the other side. Take a step out to your right, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Congratulations. You made it through another round on the block with Dr. Brooke. 
I hope you laughed and learned a bit more about this crazy Web3 universe, but how simple and fun it can really be. Would you be so kind as to leave us a review and share it with your friends? It would mean so much to get this out to more people as we embark on the greatest transfer of wealth that has ever happened in history. Hope you enjoyed yourself. We'll see you on the next one.